coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Welcome. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and it is an honor to welcome you to the Peace Podcast. Peace Podcast is here for you to bring you healthy living, peace, and the new ideas that you may not be aware of. Because when I interviewed Joshua for the first time on our Human Rights Day, December 10th, I could not believe this man. I could not believe all of the things he has done for human rights. Today, our special guest is Joshua Cooper from Hawaii, live and in person. I met him because Nancy Martin on our board of directors for the United Nations Association serves with him on the human rights, is it called the Human Rights Alliance, Joshua? I think it's an affinity group. It's a new body we just created. Well, now you see, they just created the Human Rights Affinity Group. This is Joshua Cooper, who you are going to have the honor of enjoying his enthusiasm and what he has done. Joshua teaches at the University of Hawaii for over 20 years. He's created half the courses on peace that are at the University of Hawaii. He's um, been all over the world working for human rights. Joshua, what makes you tick? Why are you so enthusiastic about human rights? Well, I mean, I think it's, if anyone's human rights are denied, none of us can fully exercise our human rights. So it's a sense of solidarity that we all share with one another. It's not hard to imagine. It means the season now where everyone talks about peace, love, and joy. So it, it's, if you could just think about what, the way you feel now all year round, then that's sort of a sense of what's uh, ticking inside uh, my heart of human rights. Well, human rights started in 1948. Eleanor Roosevelt created them at the United Nations. And my husband was an intern then at that time. And it was so interesting because these human rights, 30 of them, give us the right, we have the right to human rights, right? Absolutely. So what was very exciting was, you know, human rights are really in most of our fates as well. They're ethical considerations on how we should treat one another and how humanity should live together. I see human rights as a, a floorboard that no one's life should ever go below and also a horizon that we aspire to, to always improve our lives. And so what's really important about human rights is they were also enshrined at the, in the UN Charter in 1945 in San Francisco. Human rights were mentioned seven times. And for the first time, it also pierced national sovereignty because before then, Countries would always say, these are my people. I can do to my people what I want. But what the UN Charter said was, no, everyone's born free and equal in dignity and that we all have rights. And more importantly, we also have an obligation to help each other, ensure that we all achieve human rights. And so when Eleanor Roosevelt was able to bring all the world leaders together, she even asked Gandhi to do research to try to see how all the religions might differ. Even Gandhi said the deeper he dug that he realized humanity had more in common. And so those 30 articles are rights that are allowing us to live a life full of equality and make sure no one's ever denied dignity, that inherent dignity that we're all born with that no government can take away. And so that's the essence of human rights in the Universal Declaration. And that's December 10th. But the exciting part is now there's nine core international treaties 
covering everything from children's rights to women's rights. And there's also most regions of the world have regional commissions and some even just have courts now. So it's an exciting field of fundamental freedoms that are guaranteed to all people around the planet. I hope so. It makes me feel so hopeful when I listen to you because we do have the right to peace. We do have the right to be able to live on a planet. One of the rights that I really loved was the right to live in a right, the right to live in a place that is safe, that we have the right to move and find a place that's safe. And what are we being plagued with today? People who are moving for place, peace and security, and we yeah. don't have a place for them. We haven't really got a universal declaration of we're all created equal and we should share, right? That's the, the one aspect and that's freedom of movement. And one of the reasons, if you look at most of these human rights, they were going back to a time when we just concluded World War II. We had a, a certain segment of society being exterminated off of this earth by a political leader trying to really play off of people's fears and promoting hate. And we see that that uh, technique still works today too, too well, unfortunately. But importantly, we also see that human rights work where we have the right to freedom of thought, conscience, and religion. We have the freedom of belief and opinion. We have the freedom to assemble. And you know, if you look at December 15th, historically, 1791 is when Virginia ratified the Bill of Rights and then the Bill of Rights took effect in the United States. And it's also the date, if you look at Romania, where the people organized and did a nonviolent revolution to overthrow someone who had dominated their lives. So it's really a quest for humanity throughout time. And, it, and it's something that we all have to be tenacious and apply these transformative techniques to ensure that all of our lives are improved. Boy, if that's not a mouthful, we have to be sure all of our lives are improved. We have to be sure that we know the human rights and if you do not know the human rights, go to unasb.org and look at the human rights because we have them all spelled out. Now, the human rights were kind of part and parcel of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, obviously, but also for the Sustainable Development Goals. How have you been involved with the Sustainable Development Goals created by the United Nations? And as we enter this decade of action, the last 10 years before 2030, when the Sustainable Development Goals will be in force and I hope completed. Yes, so I was fortunate. I, I was working with Indigenous Peoples and we participated in the Rio Plus 20 Summit in 2012. So that was when uh, there was a small document, The Future We Want, and in there, they said there would be the global goals and they mentioned roughly five. And then we did advocacy from 2012 until September of 2015. And I was fortunate enough to be part of uh, Indigenous Peoples Major Group and a handful of other NGOs that did advocacy roughly every month, every other month at the UN headquarters in New York. And I'll never forget um, early August, uh, we were doing the final negotiations and there were all night sessions. So we actually uh, didn't leave the, the UN because we're only NGOs and NGOs can only enter during certain hours. So all the NGOs, we slept in the lounge overlooking <laughs> the uh, East River uh -huh. and people would deliver pizzas while we're working for peace. And we stayed in there from Thursday through Saturday morning, just working and having people deliver us uh, fresh shirts and other things. But we did the negotiations to get all 17 goals. They didn't want to have SDG six on uh, water. They didn't want a couple of them, a uh, gender, climate. They said those were all cross-cutting, so we don't need them. 
but really good constituencies of civil society were really the conscience of the UN demanded those. And so I was able to participate in that. And then I've been fortunate being with many countries during their voluntary national reviews at the high level political forum, helping people, but more important recently, uh, the first ever state voluntary local review here in Hawaii. We did um, a voluntary local review lab for over an hour and a half, bringing all the counties and cities and the governor together with our US senators to talk about how Hawaii's doing with our own Aloha Plus challenge. And then uh, at the General Assembly 75th anniversary, we did our full complete uh, statewide voluntary local review. So it's the first state and it's great to be partnering with many cities around the world, human rights cities doing their voluntary local review. So that's been my brief experience with the sustainable development goals. Wow, it's not a brief experience. It's a, a moment when you were part and parcel of making sure the 17 sustainable development goals all had meat on them. In other words, they were going to be enforced and they have to be enforced. You know, it's so interesting because I remember reading in your resume or your bio that you said Hawaii is the first sustainable development state. Am I correct? Or universal yeah, uh, human rights state. Human the rights human state. Human rights state. Talk about that a minute. Well, what we were working on is we saw that in many places around the world, human rights cities were emerging. Washington, D.C. had become the first one in the U.S. And we were looking at legislation and with a class that I teach, uh, we normally in the spring go and do some advocacy. So we uh, wrote a, a legislation and then uh, sent it down as a resolution for Hawaii to be the first state of human rights. And the idea was just that um, we knew uh, one of the elected officials was going to uh, be running for a national office in the Congress. Uh, we thought it was really important to push for Hawaii to have a, to be a state of human rights and to have that as guiding principles on how we live and how we treat one another. So we thought it's also easier because all of our islands are all different islands. So to lobby to create human rights cities uh, would have been a little bit more complicated. So I thought state of human rights was that. So we did that and then we're also still in the Paris Agreement. We were the first uh, state to say we are still in. So we never left in four years and the US will be back hopefully on February uh, 20th as well. So it'll be like we never left that as well. But I think it's important to uh, localize the global and bring it down to the, the international to our island level. Amazing. The state of human rights. Hawaii is one. And I think everybody should be the state of human rights. Don't you, Joshua? Yes. I mean, it's, it's the only way to live and how we should be with one another. Right. I'm totally with you on that. You know, the human rights and the sustainable development goals are, are very lofty. Yet, how could you on a daily basis implement them in your life? How does that work for you, Joshua? Yeah, well, the sustainable development goals are, uh, in a way, not like me, they're not frozen there, but the sustainable development goals are dynamic and they're happening all the time. And so, you know, the first seven are really economic, social, and cultural rights. If you look at those, they are uh, no poverty, no poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being. All those are directly connected. And, and gender together. equity, they're all right there. Exactly. And then number six, we can't survive without clean water. Right. And more and more now renewable energy is more affordable than actual uh, dirty coal and fossil fuels. So we can see how there's a new dynamic and a possibility that this is really the way for the future 
that's healthier, cleaner. And in the end, why would we want to live in a polluted world when we can do it the right way now that we have the knowledge as well as the technology? We have to have, in a way, those ethical values that then give voice to the people who are too often directly impacted, that, but also provide a vision for humanity on where we go in the future. Isn't that interesting? Um, because you think about the sustainable development goals and they make so much sense. Peace, justice, and strong institutions. If you know, you have really uh, made a mark for strong institutions. You have been there when they were being developed or changing or creating equal rights. Jo Joshua, I'm trying to figure out why you're frozen. Do you have any idea? I have no idea why I'm frozen. Uh, good movie including the Sami culture, but nope, I am not sure why, but I'm still going, and I, we probably have five minutes left, so we'll see if it changes. Well, you know what's so interesting? Joshua, you are just an energized person. You seem to have the energy of 12 men and women, and so what keeps you so motivated and so dedicated to the human rights and the sustainable development goals that we all should be aware of? Yeah, no, I guess finally technology has stopped me or slowed me down a bit, but I'm um, still going. On a good note, I, it's probably, you know, grandma was really good on, on caring for people and practically living the right life. Growing up in Hawaii, you're really connected to the environment and one another. Uh, we really learned that we're all on one island, island earth, and we have to uh, share what's here and partner together. Also, mom's name is, my mom's name is Hope, so I'm the seed of hope, so that makes sense. And then the other side is the more that we work, the more we realize how, you know, human rights is really the oxygen that we all need. And it's really important to, to really dedicate our lives to this, because what's really more important in life than everyone having their human rights realized? I love it. You know, human rights to me are just so logical. Everybody should have the right to freedom. We're all born free and equal. And if, why can't we just go right through life and respect each other? That's where it begins. We respect each other and we bring those human rights to life. Um, we have put together so many ideas around human rights, reflecting decent work and making sure that we have reduced inequalities. What's your favorite human right? Do you have one? Uh, I mean, they're all interconnected and indivisible. I would say, um, obviously, human rights, the right to education is important, because if you do education, then uh, that's able to uh, let everyone know what their rights are, because if you don't know your rights, you can't exercise them. Uh, I think, of course, depending on where you're at, you know, if you're in a country where things are bad, uh, I try to, innocent until proven guilty is quite good. Uh, but then on the other hand, uh, the civil and political rights that people always focus on don't mean that much. The right to vote, the right to choose your elected officials if you're hungry. So, you know, I think civil and political rights, but right to be, right to food, right to health care. Health is really wealth. That's one thing we all learn as we continue to live. And of course, uh, education's there. So I think they're all connected and you really have to work on all of them. In a way, they make a lovely sweater to keep us all warm. And if you start pulling on one thread, you see how they're all connected. I'm gonna try one thing real quick and let's see if it works. I tried a little technique and let's see, I'm back. I knew the technology couldn't hold me back. So now we're here again. <laughs> well, you know, 
I agree that now my number one human right that I think makes the world tick is right to education. But then my favorite one is number 30 because no one can take away your human rights. And I think if we know that, that we will be able to implement them in a way that makes it work for all of us. I remember we gave these, we have these little booklets about human rights and we give them to everybody at our meetings. And we've been celebrating Human Rights Day, December 10th for so many years now. And I'll never forget one of the ladies who was in one of our workshops took this human rights to a group of teenagers and they each read one of the human rights. And in that moment, they said, I didn't know I had human rights. Do you find that happens when you're out making lectures? It, it's too often uh, that happens. So we have much more work to do. So um, yeah, it's, a, it's sad that we don't teach it. it. It really must, one of the campaigns I did under the Universal Periodic Review um, in the second cycles, we partnered with HRE USA and we really organized to take a measurement. And that's why human rights is good. It allows us to measure how are we doing. Mm -hmm. Too often everything's about the GDP and we don't talk about how we're really doing. So the Universal Periodic Review, just like the Voluntary National Review, is an occasional review of how we're doing on the SDGs and how we're doing on human rights. So we get to take stock and say, hmm, how are children being treated? How are women's rights being respected? And you know, for the education one, it was how are we? And the best part was, most people never took and measured and saw how we're doing with human rights education around the country. So it was a great uh, stock taking exercise. And then it was ability to strategize for what techniques we could do to make sure we have human rights education everywhere. It's right. And you know, you have the right no matter where you go. These rights stay with you. That's why the Universal Declaration of Human Rights was created at the United Nations, because nobody can take away your rights. Um, when my late husband, Robert Mueller, was um, going to do a lecture in Canada, this is before the, no, I guess it was after the human rights were developed. Um, he said, you know, one of the human rights is the right to education, but we don't have a global curriculum. We all teach what we want to teach and we don't have a global curriculum. And he was a victim of the French-German war. You know, he was in Alsace-Lorraine. And so he created the World Core Curriculum. And I'll have to share that with you, Joshua because that's what the human rights are. They're world core. You can't lose your human rights no matter where you are. That's right. And so I think that also goes in with most recently the sustainable development goals, that's SDG 4.7. So yeah, it's, it's all connected. And you know, we, we have to now take care of mother earth and focus on earth rights to make sure that our environment is a sustainable one. Uh -huh. And then we have to, while we take care of that earth, we have to take care of each other. So that's a, theme of the Hawaii Hopulea Canoe, Malama Honua, take care of each other and take care of our, our, our earth. Take care of each other and take care of our earth. Those are my dreams that we can do that, that we can have a world of peace so that we will be able to live in our beautiful communities that we created and not have them taken away by illegal ways of war. I call war illegal. That's just the worst thing that can happen. I don't know how we legalize things that harm another. And to me, the human rights and the sustainable development goals are like our basic guides that keep us on the right plane. But I really agree with you when you said that we really have to take care of our human rights and the earth at the same time, because we, we get our food from the earth, so we have to protect it. 
everything comes from the earth. I, one of my first classes I taught at the university, a student wasn't eating and we were out in the lo'i in Akakaloa on Maui. And I was like, why aren't you eating? He's like, did you see where that came from? The water we were in and everybody's feet was in it. How could you eat it? And I'm like, everything comes from the earth. And he's like, uh-uh. And he's like, French fries. I'm like, yeah, don't you speak French? Pomme de terre, apple of the earth. Yes, you know, everything comes from the earth, everything we eat. So it's, it's a sad disconnect. It's uh, too often in today's globalized world, uh, the people who grow chocolate don't know what it tastes like. And the people who enjoy that chocolate for Valentine's and Christmas and all those great holidays, enjoying their Reese's, they don't know where it comes from. So we have to really connect the dots so people understand consequences and create that um, connection among humanity and a sense of solidarity with each other. Isn't that the truth? You just summarized this disconnect that we have. My goodness, I used to teach school and I would teach third graders and I would hold up a can of beans and I would say, do you know where these beans came from? Oh yes, the grocery store. I said, no, let's go back a little, unpack this. Where did these beans really come from? And then all of a sudden, and I taught a lot of immigrant children and they were saying, oh, my dad works on a farm and he's been picking me. Now they're getting the connect, but you have to spell it out sometimes. Yeah, and I think companies have done that intentionally. That's another area we have to concentrate on is corporations. So now we have the guiding principles on business and human rights. That's good. Now some countries are doing national action plans. That's good. And there's also movement for a, a global treaty on business and human rights. So it's, we have to think of all the elements that uh, have caused some of the challenges that we face today. That was pretty exciting what you just said. A global treaty on human rights for corporations. Think about that. If that comes to be, we may end up having a new world. Yeah, that's, uh, we have to, the good news was when the UN was created, it was making sure that states were held accountable. And then, you know, during those 75 years, since it's one of the last days that we can celebrate the 75th anniversary of the UN together, uh, they've created other mechanisms to then monitor and be able to mobilize to achieve human rights. And one of the big gaps was definitely uh, multinational corporations. And so now even that is a lot of actions. There's a working group on business and human rights, one of the special procedures at the Human Rights Council. And there's also a forum on business and human rights. And those are important steps in the right direction. But the guiding principles will only be 10, year old, 10 years old next year. So we'll celebrate that decade, but hopefully we'll celebrate that decade with some direct action. I love it. You're listening to Joshua Cooper. We could listen to Joshua Cooper forever. Joshua, do you have a radio show yet? Uh, no, I don't have a radio show. They just asked me to create a television show. We called that uh, Cooper Union. Cooper oh, wow. Union, I-O-N. So I just started that during the pandemic. That's fantastic. Well, you know, you should be doing podcasts, but I think I'm going to have to have you back on again. There's so sure. much that would... Bring, you know what, all these, these podcasts allow people to begin to see a new idea and see how another person is implementing this new idea. Now, the new idea is not so new. We're celebrating the 75th anniversary of the United Nations. We had Ambassador Chaudhry get the Robert Mueller Peace Prize. These are people who you honor. And we honor people because it gives the other people who are watching an idea, maybe I could do that too. And that's why, Joshua, you're so important because maybe they're thinking, maybe I can do that too. And 
that's the exciting thing is everyone can get involved. So really it's just identifying what your passion is and what, what motivates you and mobilizes you and then pursuing that passion. And then the cool part is you'll just be, uh, you'll never feel like you work a day in your life in that sense. I mean, you'll work probably more than you ever imagined, but you'll be able to achieve so much and see the difference that you make. And so I think, uh, and the, that's the important part is anyone can do it. Martin Luther King Day is coming up. And he had amazing quotes saying, you know, you don't have to wait to serve. You don't have to have a degree to serve. You know, everyone can serve and everyone can uh, achieve greatness by helping each other. And, you know, then you have that sense of gratitude for all the people that actually help you because we all know we're standing on the shoulders of amazing, great people, uh, you know, who have done so much in their lives. And that's why we have to continue that tradition to make the world a better place. You are listening to Joshua Cooper. He just said, when you find your passion, the world becomes a better place and you become energized. It's not like you're working ever. It's just like you're doing what you really believe in. Joshua Cooper, I can't thank you enough for giving us your motivation and your energy. You really have woken up the world by the way you are in it and the way you make sure you're there when things are needed to be done. Even sleeping on the couch at the United Nations so the Sustainable Development Goals got developed. Thank you. Thank you. Mahalo. It's an honor to be with you here today. What an honor. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller. I want you to watch this program and I want you to invite your friends and have a conversation. What can you do to help Joshua implement the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, the Sustainable Development Goals? And maybe someday you might even get to Hawaii and meet this fabulous man. Although I think he's everywhere. And God bless you for joining us. Happy holidays. Thank you again, Joshua. You were great. Aloha. A pleasure.